0: Good morning friends, guests, my name is Brandon, I'm our community and next steps pastor. We're in a teaching series called Whispers of Christmas. And basically the premise of this whole teaching series is just different ways that God speaks to us. And we've talked about through pain and through dreams. And so if you want to catch up, head over to the website, theradiantlife.church, and you can catch up on all these teachings that we've had that leads up to today. And more so today, we'll be kind of talking about how God uses people uh, to speak to us. And there's all kinds of examples that we could use uh, in the Bible, but... God just kind of laid Peter on my heart, and we're of uh kind of observe some things from Peter's life. And I think, honestly, I think it's because I relate to him the most. Uh, wild, crazy guy, a little rough around the edges. Sometimes he says stuff he probably shouldn't. I tend to relate to that a little bit, so maybe you guys do. But um, that's going to kind of be the premise of uh, today's teaching, if you will, is just observations of Peter. And if anything, like all these different observations, I mean, we could probably do a whole teaching series on each one of these. But in essence, we're kind of kind of, just have a a stone, and we're going to skip it across the pond, and we're just going to kind of float over a few different observations of Peter. So uh, we're going to make it all the way across this line today. I know that's super long, and actually it's probably about 28 inches, I'm guessing. So it probably won't take us that long to go through it. All right, here we go. So here's our first observation. This is a photo taken shortly after Jesus. Uh, Yeah, Jesus, he wasn't white, just saying. Uh, But that's not Jesus, that's actually Peter. And so there's this story that plays out, and I'm captivated by it every time I read it. Uh, I, I just, I'm moved by it, I'm in awe by it, I don't fully understand it all the time, but I'm just in awe of this story from Peter. And it's this moment where, He's walking on the street and people see something about Peter. Like to the point, well, let's just get into it and we'll we'll find out. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns and around Jerusalem. Like, let that sit in for a second. I mean, this isn't even Jesus. Like, Jesus did all the healing, right? I mean, the disciples, they did some. You know, Jesus sent sent the disciples out. But this is crazy. Like, Peter's just walking by hoping that just his shadow would touch them. I find this absolutely fascinating. It just captivates me. And so... That's going to be our first observation. And then we're going to see some other observations, and maybe they'll be a little bit more relatable. So here's a a selfie that John and Peter did. They didn't hold the camera up at the right angle, I don't think. Uh, So this is uh, John and Peter, and we're going to pick up this story where there was a guy begging at a gate, and Peter and John were walking by. This guy was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. But he was kind of panhandling, you know, asking for money sort of thing. And Peter's like, hey, I don't have any money, but what I have is Jesus. Uh, Why don't you get up and take your mat and walk? And it was this crazy scene. So the guy got up and walked. He was paralyzed. He was healed, uh, all in the name of Jesus. And so the religious people were like, "Uh, whoa, pump the brakes on this. Uh, What's going on? And so we're going to see this scene play out uh, where Peter, uh, like where the religious people are kind of questioning Peter and and what's happening. So they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And this is in reference to the man who was lame and now he's walking around with his mat. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called into account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. <laughs> I think he's getting ready to throw down. And these are the religious people like that crucified Jesus. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected which has become the cornerstone. He's quoting, uh, quoting Psalms 118 there. Salvation is found in no one else. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the... What's this say with me, friends? Say this. Courage. Courage. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Like, whoa. (laughs) Like, have you ever been in a moment where you just kind of stepped up and you shined? Like, maybe it was a job interview and you just, like, nailed it sort of thing. Or there was a a project that you had to do at work and you just, like, you nailed it. And it didn't matter with all the pressure and everything that was happening around you. I mean, there's been a couple of highlights that I've had that, you know, I did all right on that one. But here's the thing. Like, they were unschooled. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't have a theological degree or anything. They were just regular dudes, just like you and me. But what they observed and took note of is that they had been with Jesus. And I find that fascinating. Here's a a picture of Peter, and uh, he was preaching. And this was at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes and the 11 apostles, they start speaking other languages and start preaching. It's this crazy scene. Like they didn't go to uh, language school and learn these languages. The Holy Spirit just gifted them. And they started preaching in other people's languages. And there's this scene that plays out. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So they heard these apostles preaching and teaching, and there was something that was starting to stir on the inside. Like it cut to their heart. They didn't know how to handle it. And they're like, brothers, what shall we do? So let's check out Peter's response. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This word, repent, like if we're to boil it down to its simplest form, it literally just means changing direction. It means, hey, we've been doing life like this, we've been going down this this line, this arrow, but repent means, you know what? I, I'm not going to do it like this anymore. I'm going to change direction. And I think some of the message that Peter and the other apostles were teaching, like, hey, look, you've been doing life like this. You need to repent and maybe consider doing it Jesus' way and going this other direction. The promise is for you and your children. Just pause for a second. A decision that we can make today can infect a generation, the next generation. So a decision that you make today can affect this next generation. But it doesn't, it doesn't stay there. And for all who are far off. So the, there's a decision that you could make today that will not only affect another generation, but people who are far off that you may never even be in contact with. Like, whoa, that's, that's huge, that's big. Uh, for all whom the Lord, our God, will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. He pleaded with them. He's like, I've experienced this thing. Repent. Don't keep doing it the same way that you've always been doing it. Repent. Head this other direction. Like, he's, he's pleading for them. He doesn't want them to continue to go down this path. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And how many people? 3,000 were added to their number that day. Like, Dang, like, I have a microphone on and speakers, and there's not 3,000 people in here, right? Like, maybe I'm just not as captivating as Peter, but, whoa, 3,000 people were added in one day. I find that fascinating. And I just think that's awesome that Peter was able to just step up. And be bold and just kind of shine in that moment. And God blessed that and honored that. And three thousand people were added. Here's a picture of Jesus. He uh, he's not white, and he probably I don't know if he had blue eyes or not. That's kind of the stereotypical Jesus, right? But there's this scene that plays out, and this is after Jesus has been arrested, and he kind of plays hide and go seek with the disciples for a little while. And there's this scene where he kind of reveals himself. But the apostles kind of defaulted back to what they knew. And a lot of them knew fishing. They were fishermen. That was just the trade that they grew up in. And so they were out fishing all night long. And they didn't catch anything. And they're coming back. And this guy on the shore is like, hey, try the other side of the boat. So they cast the net out. And they can not hardly even haul the net in. And then they realize, oh, that's Jesus. So Peter's like, that's Jesus? Puts his cloak on, dives in the water, and swims to shore. Like, just how passionate he is. I love that about him. And he goes to shore, and there's Jesus. He's got a fire going. He's got some fish sticks and some bread going by the fire. I like fish sticks. I could go down. Never mind. All right, bring it back in. So there's this scene where Jesus is having the fish sticks and the bread with the disciples. And it's honestly... It really is this intimate scene. And and I think there's something intimate about meals and and just breaking bread with other people or tacos, whatever it might be for you. I I love tacos. But I I just love eating meal with people. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted this service. (laughs) Hey, I promise you, I did not have a single cup of coffee this morning. Giddy up on that. I'm glad. But there's something intimate about a meal, Right so regardless of where you go, like first dates, what do you typically do? You go out on a meal, right? You want to get to know that other person. And so I think there's something intimate about meals. And there's this meal that Jesus is having with uh, the disciples. And Jesus is great at asking questions. And I love questions. So when I'm doing my quiet time and I'm reading my Bible, I'll ask myself questions and I'll write it in the margins. Because questions make us think deeper. And Jesus was asking some questions to Peter. And we're going to pick up on his third question. He said, uh, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was what? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, Lord, you know all things. Like you can see through the surface, and you can see all things. You can see people's hearts. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, I'm going to unpack that a little bit. I'm going to make a guess of why he was hurt at that. But just for a second, have you ever had a conversation with someone and it hurt? Like, did someone trying to have a conversation with you. And and not that they were trying to be malicious, because I don't think that Jesus was trying to be malicious here and to hurt Peter. I think he wanted to to release Peter of some things, and we'll talk about that in a second. But have you ever been hurt by a conversation or a question? I mean, I've been in a lot of those situations where people, like they were trying to pour into me, and they were trying to speak life into me, and, and it hurt. Like, crazy that they would even ask those things. And, and I don't know about you. Maybe it's just Peter and I. But, like, I've been in those situations. So I think, I, like, at least for me, I can relate to Peter that I've been in a conversation where I've been hurt. Now, there's this scene where um, it, it's pretty difficult for Peter. <laughs> and, well, let's just get into it. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Like that's one of those tough conversations, right? Like Peter has all this zeal and, and Jesus is like, hey, like, this is going to happen. And, and I, like, I wonder if that's what Peter was reminded of, the three times that he denied Jesus. And so when Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Like, I wonder if Peter was reminded of this and that hurt and that pain where he failed. I mean, have you ever been in a moment where you failed at something? You don't have to raise your hand. I, I know I failed at a lot of things. I failed to love my wife unconditionally at times. I failed to love my children unconditionally at times where I've reacted instead of responded. Like there's times that I have just messed up. And Peter, he messed up. And, it, and it's easy to beat Peter up on this, right? Like, how could you deny Jesus three times? You spent time with him. But let's be honest, like we, we mess up, we screw up. And so there's all these things that we see playing out in Peter's life. Now, this observation, this is where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. That's an actual photograph of Jesus washing their feet. He had a little uh, scrubby thing there. But Peter saw that what Jesus was doing. You know, and we call Jesus King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it's like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords shouldn't be down scrubbing people's feet. And Jesus was trying to model an example to the disciples, and they didn't get it. Like there's that, there's that old saying that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like we look back on a situation, it's like, ah, yeah, I probably, probably could have handled that a little bit different, or I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said this instead. I think we're going to see this playing out. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. So it's almost like he's giving him the future tense of looking back on hindsight 2020. Whoa, that messed with my head a little bit. But he's trying to tell him like, hey, look, you don't get it right now, but you will later. And let's just see how Peter responded to this. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Yeah, I probably relate to this one too much, where someone would be speaking into me, and I may not understand the situation, and I just, no, no, not going to do it. And I just, I love how real this response is from Peter, because um, I can relate to it. There's been times where people have tried to speak into me, and it's literally just, no, I'm not going to do it. So there's all these different observations that we see of Peter, but this This one's pretty awesome, is this moment where uh, Peter, or not Peter, Jesus was preaching and healing, and I think he just needed a brain break or something, like he needed to go recharge his batteries. So he goes up to the mountainside, and he just spends time alone with the Father, and he sends the disciples off across the lake to the next spot that they're going And the the disciples are out on the lake, and there's a crazy storm that's happening, and the waves are going. Like, I'm thinking of hurricane-type stuff. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I envision in my head is crazy waves and crazy wind. And there's this scene that plays out where Jesus is walking on water. But Jesus uh, immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. So obviously they were freaking out because all this stuff is happening. The boat's rocking all over the place. The wind's blowing. He's like, take courage. It's I. It's me. It's your homeboy. He says, don't be afraid. But I love this with Peter. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Like, whoa, Peter. Like, I think that's awesome. Way to like, be brave and, and crazy all at the same time. So Jesus says, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. There's only two people that I know of that have walked on water. That's Jesus and Peter. Like, all the rest of them are still in the boat. Probably trying to figure out why Peter's getting out of the boat. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I mean, I think that's crazy for the fact that Peter even got out of the boat. It, I mean, have you ever been in a moment where you got out of the boat? Like, there's all this stuff going on, but yeah, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get out of the boat. And you get out of the boat, and you're, you're in this situation, and you feel like you're doing really good, and then all of a sudden the storm starts creeping in, right, and the waves start splashing, like, you were super brave at first, but then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe I kind of got in over my head here. Like, bloop, bloop, bloop. Like, I think that's kind of what Peter did, right? Like, he got out of the boat. Bloop, bloop, bloop. And it, but Jesus immediately, Jesus didn't say, hey, well, I need you to sit and think about your actions. I need you to think about how you could have done this a little bit differently. And I need you to sit and process and come up with an action plan about how we're going to do this differently next time. No, he didn't do that. He said immediately he reached out his hand and he helped him. And I just, I find that fascinating. So I think that God, like he speaks to us through people. So we've been looking at, at Peter, and we've seen a couple of moments where maybe Jesus has interacted and spoke to him. But what does that look like for just regular old people? And, and I think this final observation that we'll see, it's actually from his brother, Andrew, which is Peter's brother, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Now, Andrew, uh, Peter's brother, and John the disciple, who wrote like the Gospel of John and stuff, were following John the Baptist. I know it's super confusing, a lot of Johns in there. But John the Baptist kind of came and paved the way for Jesus. He was this crazy dude who ate locusts and honey and um, made poor wardrobe decisions and stuff. Like, it's messed up. Like, so if you're sitting here and you're not a follower of Jesus, like, you got a reason to think we're weird. Like, it's messed up. But here's John the Baptist, and he would preach the same message. Repent. Get baptized. You've been doing it this way. Maybe consider doing it this way. And so John the Baptist was, and then all of a sudden, John the Baptist says, there's the Messiah. I, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And Andrew and John saw this. And so they started following Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, what do you, show us where you live. And so there's this whole scene where they follow Jesus for a day. But then I want us to, to really observe what Andrew did after this interaction with Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. That's awesome. So so Andrew had this encounter with Jesus, and he didn't just tell Peter about Jesus, he brought him to Jesus. Like there was something so moving and compelling about this interaction with Jesus that he didn't just tell him about Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. So we look and observe all these different things. And we think, oh, yeah, you know, Peter, when he's over here, and like I'm not at that level where people are bringing the sick out on the street. But, you know, I can kind of relate to some of these other things None of this would have happened if God wouldn't have used Andrew to speak to Peter. Like, we elevate Peter, St. Peter, right? He does all these crazy things. But I think we can relate to some of these things that Peter experienced. And none of that would have happened if it wasn't with a conversation with his own blood, his own brother. Andrew spoke life into Peter, so here's the thing. Like, who's your Andrew? Like, has there been someone who has just spoke into your life trying to help you in a situation? Maybe they're outside the box and they see the way that you're responding or reacting more so to your spouse. Maybe they see how you might be enabling a negative behavior in your kids and they're just trying to say, hey, if you consider this as an option... Or, you know, I noticed that maybe he might be tipping the bottle a little bit too much. And it might be on an unhealthy spot. And so we try to pour into people. We try to be be Jesus and try to help people. But do we just respond, nope, not going to do it. Because I saw Peter respond that way. And I've had people pour into my life and try to speak truth and love towards me. And that's the other thing is, how do we deliver these truths? I mean, Andrew was so giddy and so happy. He's like, dude, we found the Messiah. Come on. There's this scene in the Gospel of John. I absolutely love it. And and Andrew's running down the beach, and he grabs his brother. Like, I can almost just visualize it as I read the words. He brought his brother to Jesus. So who's an Andrew that's been in our life? Maybe... Maybe you're sitting here, you're not even sure why you're in church today. You're you're not even sure why you're here. Maybe maybe the person you're sitting with has been nagging you to come to church for a while and like, oh, you got to come check this out. You know, the music's awesome and all this. But maybe that person sitting next to you is your Andrew. Maybe all the other people who have been speaking into your life have been Andrews in your life. Because God desires a relationship with you, friend. So, who's my Andrew? That's my Andrew. His name's actually John. That's my dad. My dad loved me when I was unlovable. He tried to speak truth into me when I was making poor decisions financially. When I was making poor decisions in relationships, and he constantly was talking about Jesus, like it was almost annoying. I'd resist it. And he just constantly kept pouring more and more and pointing more of Jesus towards me. I just kept fighting it and resisting it. And we talked last week, Pastor Ryan, I think he hit a home run, about how God uses pain to speak to us. My pain was the loss of my mother. She died way too young. And God used those circumstances, the loss of my mother, and all this hurt and destruction, this path that I was going down, feeling all these voids and these hurts and these hang-ups with one addiction after another and one relationship after another. Meanwhile, my dad's been there the whole time, constantly pointing me to Jesus. And there was this moment where I went to like this man church service, it was at Van Andel Arena, it was packed, thousands of guys there, and God used that moment, used this gentleman, I I don't even remember who the speaker was, to be honest with you, but he was so moving, he cut to my heart, and he moved me, and then there was this time where we could respond to it, and, and we could come to the altar, or the stage, and we could Repent where I could change the direction that I was going in my life. And so I I was too scared to go by myself, and so I asked my dad, and he puts his arm around me, and I'm just, I'm a mess. He puts his arm around me. He tells me how proud he was of me. And so because of this decision that my father made, it affected another generation. because of the decision that my father made at some point at some little church over in Centerville. It affected me. It it affected him so much that he had to bring me to Jesus. He didn't just tell me to Jesus. He brought me to Jesus by the way that he loved me unconditionally. I was so unlovable, friends. I shouldn't even be in this place right now. I should probably be in prison. But God is using me somehow. Not that I'm standing over here and and people are bringing the sick out hoping my shadow touches them, but God's used me somehow. And I'm thankful for that. I mean, it's funny. It's going to sound funny, but I'm a tool. We used to, you're such a tool. But I'm a tool. You know what my prayer is? Because Jesus was a carpenter. I want to be a fine instrument in your kingdom. I don't want to be a hammer trying to put a screw in. I want to be such a precise tool that is used for precision. And I'm thankful that God has used me as a tool in other people's lives. And that's not my credit. That's what Jesus is doing in and through my life. And it's all because of him, my dad. He loved me so much. So friends, who's your Andrew? Who's someone that is speaking into you? Are you allowing them to speak into you? Are you just saying no? And maybe you need to repent of the no. Maybe you need to stop saying no and start saying, maybe you have a point. I don't know what that is, friends. I don't know what you're wrestling with. But here's the other side of the coin. Who's your Peter? Who's the person that you need to pour into? That's where I'm at in my stage of life and my spiritual walk is I'm looking for Peter and I want to pour into Peter and I want to bring him to Jesus or her. But who's your Peter? Who is someone that you need to overflow to? The, The life experiences that you have had that God has come in and restored and redeemed you through. How can you overflow those things? So friends, Who's your Andrew, but who's your Peter? Because God wants to use you. He uses people to speak to us, and he wants to use you to speak to other people. That's tweetable right there. I didn't say that first service. God wants to use you. And that thing that you have experienced in your own life, the redemption, the healing. You don't know how you got through that circumstance. Just had a conversation right before the service. I don't know how I got as far as I did through life without Jesus. And I am so thankful for him and his grace and his mercies are new every morning. Praise God for that. But if you've experienced that, how can you not want to go grab Peter and bring him to Jesus? Who is that in your life? And you know that person's coming to mind right now. You're wrestling with that. And I think, I think there's a person sitting in here right now that you're the, you're the Peter. That people have been trying to speak into you. They've been trying to love you. I think today can be the day that you meet Jesus. I don't know who that is. Someone met Jesus at first service today. I'm thanking him for that. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes, please? Jesus, may your Holy Spirit reign. I don't know who the person is that's wrestling right now, that you're, you, you were just like the other people where their heart was cut. It, and you can't explain it. And and you're just sitting there, and, and maybe it's almost like I'm speaking to you directly. This is from God. He loves you. He loves you. You are a daughter, you are a son of the king. You are cherished, you are valued. You are appreciated. You are loved. Let those words penetrate your heart right now. Receive that love. Sense His Holy Spirit just prompting on you right now. You are loved. more than any words can describe, you are loved. You are loved to the point where Jesus shed his blood on a cross for you. He did that for you so that you can have a relationship with God. Today is the day we repent. We've been doing life the same way We're gonna repent today. We're gonna change the direction. We're we're gonna try this Jesus thing. We're gonna trust in faith. And so friend, if that's you, you might be the only person sitting in here that is hearing me right now. Allow this to penetrate your heart. Today's the day to repent and ask Jesus into your heart. It's time to surrender it over And it's time to ask him in. And so I want to help you in that. If you're wrestling with it right now, your heart's beating fast, it's warm in here, that is Jesus trying to tug on your heart right now. Pray this prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me of these things that I've done thank you for forgiving me I'm sorry for doing it my way would you come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life if you prayed that prayer with all heads bowed eyes closed. Would you just would you be so brave to raise your hand and to hold it up? If you pray that prayer, where you ask Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You may not even get it all the way. But you've sensed God moving in your life. Praise Jesus. Thank you, God, for moving. Thank you, God. That person who rose... The You are so loved and you are so cherished. Lord, we celebrate new life this morning. We celebrate it. There's rejoicing in heaven over one person who repents. And we praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in and through Radiant Life to be a part of a movement of people who love you so much and they can't help but to go find Peter and to bring him into relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you and thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name, amen. For those people who raised their hand, thank you so much for being brave. I want to equip you. You took a step of faith. You you took this step of faith and now the enemy of your soul, he does not like that decision. And so I want to equip you. I have a little bag that I wanted to give to you and to help equip you for your next steps. But friends, family, I pray that when we worship now, when we sing these songs, it's with new excitement